It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to OzFiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Great to have your company for the next hour for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel for adjudication. They do it all in one hour on this Wednesday, the 7th of December. Uh, And uh, we have the call royalty flying in from the West today. Carl Capolinga from Fleet Markets. Good to have you in the studio in person, mate. How are you? Great to be here, Koshi. The, the finger is just resting <laughs> on the button, waiting <laughs> for our Sydney <laughs> Thanks for doing that, that voiceover. <laughs> mate, right? really enjoyed that. And Michael Wayne from Medanium Financial. How are you, mate? I'm good. Um, for those who will play it during the show, we play it during every show. Carl made the uh, the big prediction that if the ASX 200 got to. Uh, uh, 7,600, he'd sell everything. Um, Mark Gardner from Macro, yes, when we were applying it, he was just laughing, going, God, I hope he gets to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, when you make a big call like that, ah, now, yes. Carl, have you got a microphone on? Oh, sorry, no, maybe not. Oh, okay, here we are. Shall Let we me, uh, I think it has come off if you, uh, there, we there we go. Uh, come in, Jack. We can take a shot of you, Jack, who produces the uh, uh, the show. Um, making sure. So anyhow, Mark Gardner was. Uh, Thanks, so, Jack. God, I've been caught out making massive calls like that in the past, and uh, um, you, you live on the edge. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: it wouldn't have been a massive call if you if you didn't blow it up. That's yeah, the yeah, thing. yeah. You know, so thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing. Now it is now it is a massive I was call. So whether you got Carl's permission? For yeah, yeah, no, no, it was thing. good. Well, it was a, a public. Yeah, no, I'll stand by it. I'm happy to stand by it. And it's, uh, uh, there are various. Gary Glover uh, agrees with you. Okay, bit of a charter, yeah, charters well, yes. as well, Gary. Uh, um, reckons that uh, he's closer to 74, 7500 would be the okay. uh, the peak rather than 76. But yep. um, he was, was on the trade with um, uh, with Kyle and said, uh, Carl's got a point. That's what the charts okay. are saying. Um, so uh, taking a breather today, do you reckon it can get to 7600? Yeah, I think it can. I, you know, I still think it'll get there. And, you know, if you look at uh, markets historically, they do have a habit of getting to those old highs, if only because the work is a little right. bit of a magnet. Um, people are expecting, they almost expect those highs to come. And if you if you think you can get more, you, you will pull back on your supply into the market. Right. So, right. you know, it's just naturally a yeah. supply vacuum until you get there and then everybody wants to sell. So sometimes they can be self-reinforcing. Uh, but look, I'm still sticking, sticking with that 7,600. The top is uh, 76.33 in that range. Um, but then I also mentioned the seasonal factors, which um, yeah. I did also with Kyle uh, publish um, for Osby's viewers, and you should really go and check that segment out. Yeah. Uh, because I went back 40 years, uh, and it's hard to get this data uh, yeah. for the Aussie market. Plenty of it out there for the S&P 500, but I yeah. actually had to do it myself. And yet, look, seasonally, December is the second best month of the year. Yeah. And if you look at uh, more recent seasonal patterns, January is, uh, is, is typically a down month. 
Right. Uh, February's not great, and then March is a significantly down month as well. So we are coming oh. into a period so after that, that big December whole rally, first quarter that is, is underperformance. Is right. underperformance now mm. order of a magnitude, you know, half a percent down. But there have been uh, instances within that sample where we've seen up to you know seven, eight percent knocked off right. over that period. Okay. So I'm not saying we're going to get that this time around, uh, but. I just look, and when I say sell cost, you know, I'm not all in, all out. Right. I, I think taking some off the table there, and I like to divide things uh, by a third. Um, so for me, and again, everybody has to get their own advice. It's yeah, very important yeah. to say that. Um, but I, I will be suggesting to to the clients that follow me in my Tuesday sessions that you know we're knocking a third of our portfolio out at that right stage. Right now. Uh, no, no, when, 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 we, when get, we get there, right. uh, if we can do it by the end of, de of December. Right, yeah. okay, all right. Let's uh, take a look at some of the stocks that uh, we're going to cover this half hour. Really interesting mix, Ordnate, uh, Alchem, uh, Whitehaven, XRF Scientific and Qantas. Stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at Santos, uh, good news for shareholders, set to receive higher returns. The return will include a minimum annual return of at least 40% of free cash flow. The company says it's uh, Brossa and pick a phase one project start production. Um, it intends to consider increasing shareholder returns to at least 50% of free cash flow. So uh, uh, Carl, what do you think of Santos at the moment? Oh, Santos, it's one of those perennial underperformers in the energy space. And it does uh, come up very often, as I said, in our in my Tuesday webinars, and uh, I think I last time we covered it, it was they were kind of all looking good, you know, Karoon, yep. Beach, Woodside. They're the ones we follow more closely, and I it was a sort of a, a throwaway comment. It's, look, if you have to buy, if like it's the it's 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 the worst of the bunch, but if you have to buy it, they're all they're all kind of in a good space. So, um, and I, I'm going to stick with that. I think actually, I think it might be Michael's favourite one from memory. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. It, it's just um, such a such a long term underperformer, and um, you know they they have had operational uh, issues in the past, and and they're a little bit of a serial disappointer. So the chart doesn't look fantastic. And I did look at the um, the announcements today, and the, they look at the three hundred fifty um, million increase to the buyback. That's the main. Yep. Um, item. the The rest of it is a bit of a much for much, just in my opinion. So they talked about how much of their free cash flow they're going to pay out. And honestly, I didn't know what the number was before, but now it's 40%. And it's, it's a bit of a, um, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a headline grab for the, for the day to get them, you know, get, get them in the, in the media. Because, you know, when you're paying out 40% of free cash flow, it depends on what free cash flow is. Yeah. So if commodity prices turn down, energy prices turn down, well, what does it mean to be paying out a percentage of less? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, look, look, long story short, it's not my preferred pick in the sector, and um, I'm, I'm happy to uh, go with uh, Michael's uh, views on the fundamentals. The technicals, I think it's the least inspiring of that bunch. I think Karoon um, is probably still, is still the, yeah. my pick on the chart. I think Woodside is definitely stick with that one. That's still very, very strong. And one we're going to talk about, Beach Petroleum, is also one that I'd probably be more interested in than Santos. So I'm happy to go hold. You right. know, it's not terrible. It's just not my preferred pick in the in the sector. Okay. You're still sticking with it, Michael? Yeah, we like Santos. <laughs> um, we've liked Woodside as well, but we just think that there's becoming a bit more value potentially in Santos. Everyone's talking about their free cash flow profile and how it's going to supersede all the other listed players on the ASX by 2026. It's still a long way out. But uh, Carl's absolutely right. They've been a perennial disappointment over a long period of time. But the new CEO and the new management team did a wonderful job in rescuing the company in many ways by getting down a lot of their debt, um, increased 
their capex um, significantly to increase yep. their production out into the future. Um, so they're talking about reaching 7.5 billion US free cash flow by 2026. That's dependent on $100 a barrel oil, but they're going to be free cash flow positive even with oil about $40 a barrel. Ah. Um, so they're in a, a very decent position. Um, Everyone's also talking about the relationship between this period to the 70s, and the 70s was a period when energy was one of the few sectors that did very, very well. So we do believe you want to have some energy exposure. Um, OPEC struggling to meet their production targets. Um, the Western companies. And the oil price down to 70, yeah. but in the 70s. That's right. And, and look, we think there is that structural momentum to the oil demand long term. Um, we've had Western companies reduce their exploration by 25% since 2019. So we like the broader thematic and we like the energy space overall, Woodside, and to a greater extent, Santos. But right. look, we think it's a place that you definitely want to Would have Would you buy these on. levels? Um, yeah, I'm happy to buy Santos here. Right. Um, we've held it in the model portfolio probably for four or five years around that $5 mark. Hasn't been a great yeah. performer, been okay. Um, but we think if that oil price does kick up a lot, Santos is probably in the best position to capitalise on that. It's also worth considering where these oil companies actually sell their oil or their, or their energy or LNG. Um, only 20% of what Woodside produces gets sold into the domestic market. Santos is about 40% and, Woods, right. uh, and um, Beach is about 60%. And so it's actually been best if you've been Woodside in recent times because you've been selling into the international market yeah. where prices have been going through the roof because what if of what's they been put going caps on. on here yeah then that's not ideal mostly for people like beach and we'll go into this a bit later yeah. on and to some extent it's not great for santos that's either right. but they're less reliant on that domestic market right. okay but, so yeah we, we are conscious so you're right kevin gallagher yeah i think he's done a great job okay. um they also just to update um today they also announced they're adding 350 million us to their buyback program yeah. and that should hopefully provide okay. some support yeah all right I'm biased, good bunch of people, big Port Adelaide supporters. Um, Nick wants uh, a view, uh, Michael, on Ordinate, the big platform stock, tech stock, um, held up pretty well. It's got yeah. its Dante protocol, which I know a lot of the experts on the call sort of say this is one of the few tech stocks with a moat around it, dominates that, uh, that video to audio uh, yeah. technology. Yeah, it's built up a bit of a, a cult following this mm. one. And I've sort of liked it on this program for probably two years now. It hasn't done much yeah. in two years. It's gone down and come back up a bit. Um, but well, it's most very, tech stocks yeah. have gone down and stayed down. That's, right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one positive. Um, but there's a lot to like about this company. Basically, as yeah. you say, it's a protocol embedded in a lot of different electronics. I think about 80% of all new electronic products coming to market incorporate this protocol. Um, they have dominated the audio digital space mm. um, they're looking to sort of broaden out now into the the visual uh, and video digital space as well so that's going to add a, a whole new market to them and potentially boost up their earnings quite significantly as well they're not very cheap at the moment but given that their adoption rate is about 14 or 15 times the nearest competitor it's in a pretty good market position yeah. um, at the moment the demand and, and the order book is very very strong it's just they're struggling to meet that demand because of the chip shortages and the freight issues. Some of those issues are easing somewhat. Um, and this is a business that we think will do very well long-term. It is in a very strong position. Uh, so we're gonna go and buy on this for a long-term yep. standpoint. I don't know what it can do in the short-term. Obviously, if there's jitters um, in the US and so on and so forth, it's probably gonna come under pressure. And as I said, it's not very cheap, but 
we do think there's a lot of growth potential there for the company if it continues to execute okay. as it's been doing. Uh, Carl, what do you think of Ordinate? Look, I like it too. You know, and I, I agree. You know, I, I watch this show religiously, yeah. and uh, I, I know that it's very popular, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the guests and. And there's good reasons why. I mean, a, a person uh, with your unique experiences would know how many cables are going around uh, your studio typically. So what these guys did was basically reinvented the way audio devices talk to each other and getting rid of those uh, long cables, uh, which you probably know um, something didn't work because the cable stopped working and they're, mm. they're disposed, uh, you know, uh, consumable products um, to really, uh, you know, a, a, a digital protocol. So we've gone, it's, it's the old, analog to digital shift. So it is groundbreaking. Um, it's a great Australian success story. And, and, and I think that those words are used lightly, but I think it's really appropriate in this space. So I think it is one of those core portfolio stocks. I do think you need to take a long-term view on it because it is super, super expensive. We're talking about 197 times FY24 earnings, but because of the growth in business, and here's the key, you might, some people will go, oh no, that's not for me. 197, I'm not paying that much. Yeah. Okay. You're paying a P today. That's the P, the price. And yes, uh, the E is small to start off with, but because of the growth in business, that E is going to go bigger and bigger. Yeah. You pay that one fixed price at the start, so that P is going to come down. So if you look at um, FY25 earnings, we're talking about 76 times. You look at FY26, it's going to come down at roughly half that again. Right. right? But the problem is the executioner is, hey, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone, let alone in three financial years. And that's where it probably drops off a few people's um, shopping basket. They just they just don't want that risk. But I think if you can look past that, um, I think I, I do like. It. I think it's actually really cheap here. Um, the broker consensus is, is at nine eighty four. We've even got a higher target than that. So here I am gushing about this stock I really love, but the chart the chart horrible. the chart doesn't look good, Goshi. And this is the thing. This is how. But this is how I invest. So. Um, you know, the, the first hurdle is getting to the point where I love the, st the, right. the stock. The next is just now just being really patient. And what's your price target? Uh, it's over ten dollars. Right, the brokers are at nine something, nine right. twenty something. We're above ten, um, and it was we love growth stocks. Yeah. Right. So until that chart turns up, and you can see there's a bit of resistance there. I'm going to call that about eight ten. Just looking at that chart, and I need to find it on my chart. But yep. um, look, I'll give you a number here. So if it can close above. That high there is, look, 880. It's going to start to look really good, I right. think. And, and until then, I think you can just sit and wait and watch and know that, yes, um, you know, unanimously, almost here uh, among the call panelists, you've got yep. a great stock. Um, but from, and some people say, oh, it's a great stock, it's cheap, I'll go buy it. It's just not my style. Right. You know, okay. I, I need to see that momentum come in and then I'll be all over it. Yep, fair enough. All right, our, our next stock, uh, Carl, uh, Carol wants a view on Alchem, the uh, one about lithium, lithium producers um, what do you uh, first of all still like lithium <laughs> yeah, I, look I don't mind As lithium uh, but I do think uh, much like the coal story the the trends are losing momentum right you know nothing goes up in a straight line nothing goes up forever and uh, you know often when you have those explosive moves um, you know you can it, it, prices can get ahead of maybe sometimes those economic realities. And it just takes a little shift in the other yep. direction, like we saw with those tech stocks, yep. um, to, to then bring those prices down. So I don't want to get too bearish because uh, let's face it, prices haven't really budged all that much. They, they have order of magnitude come off in the, you know, two to 3% over the last couple of weeks, okay? Yep. But that's, that's, how, that's, pretty good. that's how reversals start, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, look, look the, the question is, uh, we're, we're cautious on lithium. We have trimmed, you know, we're not all in, all out. 
Uh, I would say most of the, 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 the clients who listen to me on Tuesdays, they're, they're probably holding half to a third of their original positions they had a few few right. weeks and few months ago. So it's, it's taking some off the table, keeping some skin in the game. And the chart, I'm, great, I'm so glad the chart came up right now. I'll let Michael talk about the fundamentals, but you can see that loss of momentum there, okay? Yep. And if we go back to uh, the, the, the battery metal stocks of 2021, like your Novonics, they were the best companies of that year. The charts look the same, Koshi. We right. go back to the, all the coal stocks or whatever the, the flavor of the month was, uh, A2 milk. Yep. You know, and whatever yeah, yeah. the exciting thing was before that, uh, the, the buy now, pay laters. And I'm, I think viewers will probably, um, uh, you know, uh, relate to this. The charts all looked like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they all went through a phase where they had this sideways pattern and sometimes they pop back up again. That's like right. Autonate where I'll jump back on. Yeah. Uh, but often they will pull back and keep going. So it's one of those 50-50 bets from here. That's why, as I said, we've trimmed some. We're keeping some in the game. We're happy to add to things. We don't mind if we uh, sell a bit at, say, I'm just using round numbers here, 10 bucks, and then we have to buy it back at 11. Yeah. Um, the price is not how you keep score. Yeah. Okay? And this is so important for viewers. Don't keep score based upon what price you got in and got out. Right. Got out. Okay. Keep score on, on, on how much money you made over the course of a year or whatever you're measuring yourself. So we're happy to buy it back if it goes up. Um, I, I, yeah, look, I'm going to go hold, long story hold. short, hold for now. Um, I do think there are some risks to the downside. Right. Um, I can give you a number. On, on, on all lithium stocks? I'm, so I'm, gonna th I'm, I'm saying that all very, they're all very similar. Yep. Yeah, they're okay. all very similar at this point in time. Agosi is the only one we're still, um, we're still very happy with, but the rest of them are in this phase. So I'm going to say, and I'll give you a number here, uh, is a, a close beneath, uh, <laughs> trying to find it here, close beneath, uh, let's call it 13 bucks on all chem, and that's when I would be uh, lightening the load again. Right. Okay. Michael? Yeah, um, so Alchem is one that we hold in the model portfolio. It's done very well for us in recent times. Um, we continue to hold it, but we are more cautious on the short term. And I think it makes sense, particularly if you've been in there since, you know, $2 or something to be looking to take some money off the table. Um, we all know that the demand story is, is growing exponentially over the next 10 years. So that yeah. The amount of electric vehicles and the demand for, for lithium in general is, is going through the roof. The question is the supply story. And you've kind of got a bit of a battle of the heavyweights in the investment banking space going on at the moment. Mm. With one side Absolutely. of the fence, you've got Macquarie, who's very optimistic and very bullish about the outlook for these lithium producers. And then you've got Goldman Sachs, who came mm. out again, reiterating their very pessimistic outlook, given the amount of supply that's expected to come online from and China. Uh, Credit Suisse is, and Credit one Suisse one is now joined the, that side of the fence yeah. as well. <laughs> so it's, it is, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, with, with AKE in particular, we do like them. They do have a very good producing asset at the moment in Mount Caitlin, and then they've got two new mines basically ramping up over the next couple of years. So their production is expected to increase many, many multiples over the next sort of three to five years as each stage is met. Yeah. Um, so they're capitalizing at the moment on the very high prices. Prices are up for, for lithium carbonate, et cetera, the spot amine, five times in the past 12 months. Macquarie actually thinks that next year prices could go up in the magnitude of another 50%. Mm. If that plays out, someone like AKE or PLS for Pilbara will do incredibly well. They'll double yeah. it. They'll, they'll double yeah, it. And it's possible. Right. It's, that's possible. And that's why we still so want to- So that's why you hold it. That's, that's why, why we've, we got still, we've still yeah, got skin in the game. Yeah. Um, and that's, look, that might happen, it might not. But if that did happen and you sold out yeah. now, you'd be kicking yourself. Yeah. Um, so the question is how quickly can the supply response come online? And I think that's an open-ended okay. question. But I'm happy to keep AKE as a whole, but it does seem like it's right. coming under some pressure at the moment 
with some negativity. Okay, all these lithium stocks are a bit of a theme in the last couple of weeks. There's been, well, everyone's forgotten about copper in this whole yeah. EV sort of uh, revolution going through, and they have a supply problem in that yeah. there's not much around. But, yeah, you know, there, there is a, a few comments saying copper could be the next lithium. Look, we don't know about that, but we like copper. It probably oh. hasn't seen a supply response at all, really, compared no. to lithium. So it's maybe a little bit delayed or a bit behind that theme. So we, mm. we do like copper. Okay. And let me put it out there. We haven't really been a materials mining investors in the last sort of five years. But over the last 12 months, we've kind of been dragged yeah. in that direction because I think that's sort of one area that does particularly well in these inflationary environments. Yep. Um, but you don't have to be necessarily a geologist to understand the dynamics that detailed. Yeah. Um, but I think you want to consider all these commodity spaces at the moment yep. and whether or not you think the momentum can continue. You copper fan, Carl? Uh, I will when the, when the copper price starts to turn up. So, you know, they call it Dr. Copper because it's yeah. that ubiquitous industrial metal that's used uh, in so many industries that if the copper price is going down, it's generally an indicator that the global economy is, is under pressure. And that's where it is right now. So right. That's, you can see the chart here of copper. Yeah. Um, but you're right, uh, in, in, uh, in the medium to longer term, we are expecting significant copper deficits. They need to find you know, what, two or three more Escondidas right. or something yeah. to fill, wow. fill that gap. Um, but uh, in the more um, medium term as the supply, there is supply out there. I mean, we do have some big copper mines and miners um, which were struggling with uh, COVID. Right. Um, that may come in to settle some of these issues at uh, LME okay. Shanghai warehouses, which are very, very slim on their stockpiles. So, look, copper is one I will watch and I will happily jump on the run when the, the, oh, co- yeah. the price of copper gets going. Yep. Uh, Michael Janey wants a view on Whitehaven Coal, the yep. money-making machine <laughs> over the last two years. Yeah, it's a very, very hot space, probably even hotter than, than copper at the moment, than um, lithium at the moment. Everyone's sort of talking about how there's no new permits for coal mines and yep. there's no more supply coming online. So the people that are operating and producing at the moment, such as Whitehaven, are going to clean up. And there's an element of truth to that, there's no doubt. It's just trying to decipher how much of that positivity has been embedded in these prices. Okay. Um, so we, we completely miss this whole um, run up in coal. Um, that's just how it goes sometimes. But I'm not game enough, I don't think, to, to jump on board at the moment. Yep. Um, in saying that, some of the the research coming out of China is that they will start to import a lot of coal over the next little period of time as they look to, to ramp up um, their economy again. Um, they've depleted a lot of their inventories and some of the supply coming out of China or the production coming out of China itself has been missing expectations and has been slowing quite considerably over the last few years. So yep. that is one dynamic that could provide a bit of a shot in the arm to coal. Um, look, I'm going to go hold on Whitehaven. It's hard to get it's hard to bet against it when the momentum's been so strong, um, but I'm not rushing to jump in yet okay. because you can see how quickly the prices can pull back if the sentiment turns. Mm. Carl, yeah. you've been in coal, out of coal, <laughs> and back in it. Back in it. The, the key sentiment, you know, and um, yeah, we can talk about uh, earnings and uh, ratios all day long, but in the day, sentiment is what drives markets because yep. that's where your supply and demand come from. So. Uh, right now, sentiment is very uh, positive towards coal. The difference, I think, between coal and, say, lithium is there is a bunch of lithium supply coming. I mean, there's a huge ramp up coming. Uh, Orkin yeah. is going to triple its production out of Argentina over the next 18 months and double its production uh, from Mount Catlin. Uh, and that's just one of many. Uh, but there's not a lot of coal supply coming. That's the key. Yeah. Um, having said that, we know that the, the 
the demand for lithium is bottom left, top right. The demand for coal, there's a question mark over that because we're trying to phase it out mm. and there's a good reason for that. But there is going to be a gap in the meantime where something like Whitehaven can do very well where prices are going to be elevated for a period of time. Um, having said that, prices will come down. Coal prices aren't going to stay up around 400 dollars uh, US a ton. That is not going to occur. You can see the chart there, um, David, on my screen, obviously not up there of, of coal, but we're up about 400. Um, and that's helped Whitehaven bounce. So yeah, look, we, we saw the turn. Uh, you can see the chart on screen now for viewers. It's it's a little bit more advanced in its turn from, say, Orchem, yep. uh, where it, or, it I said Orchem flattened out. Well, this flattened out and then did go down. Yep. And that did drag us out of uh, many positions, but that turned back up. And I said on Orchem, if it starts to turn back up and gather momentum, hey, we'll, we'll be straight back on it. Yep. And we did that on Whitehaven. So we just added, put a little toe back in the water. It would now need to challenge those highs. Um, so I'll give you some, some numbers here. So for viewers, uh, who, who are more interested sort of in the technical side of things uh, around that $11 mark. So I can see the price pushing to that $11 mark, not getting afraid and dropping back off, but really holding up there. It's yeah. telling you that the demand is not afraid of that level. Yeah. Okay. And we're probably going to get through um, because I think a lot of, of those weak hands uh, who wanted to supply and take some profits have probably done that. Yeah. Uh, and then you can push through. And again, if, if those coal prices can hover, it's all about them staying up here longer for stronger. Uh, <laughs> The stronger for longer, um, then you know this this could go significantly higher. So look, it's a hold on the small position we do have, looking to add if it can push back through eleven. Um, right. The thesis for exiting would be a, a close below eight dollars. I think then we're saying that that trend is, has changed. Okay, and just quickly on Whitehaven, they are undertaking another share buyback as well, and they've already bought back I think ten percent of shares yeah. in the last twelve months, and that might even jump up to twenty percent of shares being purchased over the last sort of period of time once this next buyback's complete. So there is that natural demand in the demand. market. Yeah, yep. it does add to demand. All right, uh, Peter wants a view, Carl, on XRF Scientific. They uh, make instruments for uh, scientific analytical mining industries. Yeah, Perth-based company and it's a good place to be, obviously, in Perth if that's what you do. So um, the great thing is, look, they, they sell the machines that do a lot of the assays for your... Oh, your yeah. so, you dig the hole, you get the dirt out, you want to know what's in that dirt. You send it to the yeah. lab with people in yeah. white coats and exactly. they make the things I look at. Okay, into. so these aren't necessarily the people in the white coats, but they sell the equipment to the right. people in the white coats, yeah. which is really neat, right? You're just selling the shovels to the to the miners, aren't you? Yeah. So um, they do all the consumables as well. So uh, you, 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 a lot of that analysis requires chemicals, which yeah. are consumed in that process. Um, so we've got that, that ongoing um, supply of, and sale of those. Uh, they also sell uh, other bigger mining machines, the crushing machines, uh, and, and, and a bunch of other mining related stuff, and, and construction as well. And we know that construction uh, is very, very strong despite the pandemic, uh, because governments have gone out and said, well, we need to stimulate the economy. We're build, gonna build a bunch of infrastructure. Uh, we know commodity prices have been high and miners are saying, well, we're gonna pull a bunch of stuff out of the ground. So it is their bull market and they have done really, really well. And you can see that reflected in the chart because the chart is just, uh, what we're seeing here is a chart of the price, but price is a reflection of earnings per share, okay? Yep. And everything's heading in the right direction for them. Uh, management is very, very bullish at this point in time. And I can see good reason for them to be. So looking at the, at the business on the business side of things, very happy with it. Um, our valuation is 94 cents. You can see it's 80 cents now. So we're looking sort of, you know, 15 to 20% upside. You do get a dividend yield in the process of about 3% fully franked. Mm. So I like the business. I like the valuation. I like the yield. And the chart looks good. Uh, three out of three, I have to go by. Okay, bye. Michael? 
This is one that Andrew Page um, got me onto probably three years ago in the infancy of Ausbiz. Um, oh, yeah, it's been yeah. in the model portfolio. A lot of clients have held it and done incredibly well. Yeah. Um, it's a small business, but it's not speculative, if that makes sense. It's an you know, established business, great revenue growth, great earnings growth, um, dividend payer. It's now sort of 3% dividend. It used to be closer to 4 4.5%. That dividend's growing quite nicely. Um, and they've getting the benefits now of all the research and development that took place probably four or five years ago. They've sold a lot of machines and now the benefits of the consumables aspect of the business is really picking up. So obviously they sell machines, but you need all different types of acids and, and whatnot to do the tests properly. Um, and they're seeing that part of the business, the margins are really expanding, the revenue oh. growth of that part of the business is growing very quickly. The machine new unit sales is still ticking along quite nicely, but it's not really the core driver of growth at the moment. And that's a, probably a thing that we quite like, right. um, is that the consumables, once it's been used once, it's gotta be purchased again. So right. we're gonna go and buy on this happy holders of it. And all the momentum in the updates have been very strong in recent times. Okay. So we see no reason why that can't uh, continue. Did you see, uh, the, the only downside for them is the price of lithium. Because yeah. uh, lithium chemicals are used in this, um, oh. <laughs> so, oh, so, the, so the lithium really? price rocketing has worked against them. Wow! <laughs> so if lithium prices come down, and they've done so well anyway, but if lithium prices come down, it'll be it'll benefit XRF. How about yeah. that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, next talk. Uh, King wants a view on Qantas. I'll go to Carl for this because he's flown from Perth yep. with his entire family. Um, so how, a, how's the airfare? Like, yeah, I'm a little bit lighter in the back pocket at the moment. Gosh, you let me it's tell extraordinary, you. isn't it? It is extraordinary. So, ACCC has cleared yeah. all the airlines of any price gouging. They just wow. say it's demand. It uh, is driven. Look, it is demand driven, and people are paying pretty much everything. I did my uh, the family ones on points, and Thick Market's obviously paying for my my tickets, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, look, they're in a sweet spot at the moment. We talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks yeah. ago when they upgraded their earnings mm. by just a lazy 150 million yeah, from yeah. in a few weeks. We didn't realise we were going to make. Now we're going to make it, and I know why they're, they're making it. By the way, um, but anyway, you need it. Every country needs a strong airline, uh, a strong national carrier, and I think that's why the government's not saying anything about it. Um, because we need Qantas, uh, whether we admit it or not. Um, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I think this is probably as good as it's going to get for Qantas, right. because I do think if uh, 2023, you know, the, the theme, the narrative of 2023 is a weaker economy and people pulling back on their discretionary spend, it, it will hit them here. I think it'll be a bit of a delayed impact for Qantas because let's face it, there's not a lot of co competition for Qantas, isn't it? So mm -hmm. they, they could probably gouge us anyway. I, we should stop using that word because somebody's probably going to call us up, gosh, and, <laughs> and tell us to stop using that word. Uh, but I, yeah, look, I, I think I said if it gets above seven, it, for me, it's fully valued there. And uh, it's it, it, for most of the brokers, their targets are in that sort of seven to 750 range. Uh, I think we were 662 on our valuation. So I think it confirms that. And much like I said, you know, uh, a6200, 7600, sometimes things get up to a natural target and it's where we would lighten the load and that is uh, what we think on this. So look, it's a hold for now. If it pops up a right. little bit more, that's where I think you're selling some, but you're definitely keeping some skin in the game. Okay. okay. I booked a flight actually on Friday down to Melbourne to see some clients and probably because I'm flying on, on a Friday, um, yeah. it ended up being, I think, 1200 bucks, no. which is what you could fly to and Europe that's a year that's ago. And that's an economy. That's an economy, that's an economy wow. basic. Yeah. Don't even pick him with this. It's not even Qantas, actually. It's one <laughs> of the other airlines. Can't to get to Adelaide. Now, yeah. pre-pandemic. It's uh, not even football, Qantas. So it's in their defence. We do 400 defense. bucks. Yeah. Well, that's 1,200. It's crazy. Um, 
And it, look, they're making the most of it while the times are yeah. good. And, and again, it's a matter of... And they've got to make up a lot. They, they do. They got smashed during yeah. the pandemic. That's right. And look, it just got, you just got to wear it at the moment. Yep. Um, but I just struggle from a long-term business case to get overly excited by Qantas. I understand the dynamics at the moment are in their favour. Um, the domestic market has recovered extremely well from COVID. A lot of the international airlines haven't really come back with a lot of capacity to Australia just yet. Um, the oil price is under control, those sorts of things. So great environment for them now. But on a long-term basis, you do have to keep in mind the volatile, volatile nature of this business. They do have an aging airline fleet, which will at some point need to be updated. Um, and there's obviously all those different variables at play as well. So just looking at the history of Qantas and all the ups and downs, it's hard to have it as a core portfolio holding, but yeah. I understand why people can trade it. For now, it's hard to bet against them given the momentum again and all these updates that are coming out. So you can have it as a whole, but I'm not going to be a okay. buyer of it. All right. Let's recap the uh, the first five stocks that we've got through. Uh, Santos, a hold from Carl, a buy from, uh, from Michael. Uh, Ordinate is a long-term buy for Carl, uh, for Michael. Uh, for Carl, he, if it can get above 880, he'll be in because that will um, look at another leg up. Elkem, a hold from both. Uh, Whitehaven a hold, uh, XRF a buy and Qantas a hold as well. Uh, here at the call we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy growth fund which is picked by investment committee. The latest episode is up on the platform at the moment to watch osbiz.com. Uh, Let's see how the, what the December meeting did. Um, going into December and into the new year, Babcorp and Domino's were removed. Index and Janison Education were added to the portfolio and Elders Waiting was increased. So to uh, after that big pullback in Elders, um, since the 1st of March, the portfolio up 10% on a cumulative basis. Keep sending in your request for the call because that's the first uh, filter to uh, get up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Carl Kapalinga is king of the charts and has made a bold call. If this thing hits 7,600 again, I'm going to go fully to cash. His finger is at the ready. I've got my finger on the button. Will he or won't he sell it all? At 7,600, I'm going to cash. That I've decided. Keep watching the call as we track the index and Carl's big call. Oh, it's a bit of fun and he sees a good bit of fun as well. So uh, it's been great. All right, let's, uh, the final five stocks we're gonna have a look at. Uh, Beach, Collins Food, uh, Chorus, Damstra Holdings and Atura. Um, Lizzie wants a view, Carl, on Beach Energy. It's been involved in this mm. bidding war for, uh, for Warrego Energy over last week, the battle of the billionaires between yeah. sort of Stokes and uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, it, it, well, you know, look, it, it's, some, it's got some, uh, Warrego has some 
good acreage over there in Perth, Perth Basin, yep. WA, so supplying yeah, yeah. Uh, the gas that I used to cook my dinner with. Uh, but yeah, look, it's, it's a competitive space. Uh, obviously, gas prices are bottom left, top right uh, mm. in WA. And you probably can't talk about beach without then saying, well, the government at some stage might step in uh, for all of these companies and, and put caps put on, cap on, on, on that. So that is a bit of an elephant in the room. Uh, but just very quickly on Warrego, uh, look, they'd love to have it, but I don't think it's make or break for beach. Um, and they still have the opportunity to come in, I think, over the next two or three days uh, yeah. to trump the 28 cents 28 share, cents from Gina, which, is yep. it, which it's at now. Um, what's interesting, if they don't get uh, Warrego, they might just go and pick up Strike, uh, right. is, is the other option to get the other half of West Aragala. Um, but if you don't know what Beach is, uh, it's a, mainly a, a gas producer um, starting to get into LNG as well. Uh, east coast, mainly southeast coast and obviously west coast. Uh, we know energy security is uh, at the top of yeah. um, the agenda for, for governments at the moment. And they will, these, these guys will play a very important role. So they're currently about 13% of the East Coast gas supply. I don't know the stat for WA, but I th- I'm quite certain they will be quite substantial. And they're looking to grow that as production's coming on board. The, the ebb and flow for this, you can see the chart's quite good, actually. And, and, and if it, it was looking so good. I mean, so good uh, two trading days ago. The combination of uh, the market's a bit soggy, let's face it. Yep. All prices uh, and natural gas prices are a bit soggy. But two days ago, I would have said, you know, compulsory buy. Look, ebb and flow, it's down a little bit today. I don't think you get too, too um, worried about that. I'm happy to, look, it's an ad. I think it's one of those, add some if you don't have some, and then you would add more. If we can break it, if we're close above 190, you can see on this long-term chart, there's not a lot holding it back now until those all-time highs around sort of 280. Um, and again, it's just this, this we, I think we're going to start to put higher multiples on these energy companies, right? Um, and and I think yeah, it's one it's one you want to have in your portfolio. So look, so I, I'm a, look, I, yeah, I'm going to nibble. Go, I'm going to nibble. Take a nibble okay. here, yeah, and uh, and then add to okay. it if it closes above one. Um, do you like going into pure plays like this, or do you get into beach by buying into Seven Group Holdings, <laughs> which is the bigger shareholder? Yeah, well, yeah, I, look, I never thought of it that way. Um, no, I think I think like in your portfolio, try and keep it simple, simple and just know right. that stock does that thing. Yep. Yeah, rather than the conglomerates that are a bit of everything. Sure, Michael. Um, so yeah, Beach, it's interesting. Um, it's obviously got lower margins than say Woodside and Santos, shorter field life as well, and that does put a lot of people off, uh, particularly when things are going poorly. They're characteristics you don't want. But if yep. you do have an optimistic outlook for energy. Being a lower margin business is probably preferable because you're getting the marginal benefit from the rising yeah. um, energy yep. prices. And this goes the same with like gold companies, etc. Um, historically, they've actually probably created more shareholder value from trading different assets than actually developing um, resources. But that's shifted a lot in the last couple of years. And as Carl points out, they've got a whole series of projects on the go. Um, you also have to be conscious, as I touched upon earlier, that the fact that they don't benefit as much from the export market as, say, a Santos and a, a Woodside. But I think there's a lot of quality to the business these days and a lot of optionality in the balance sheet's in a pretty good position too. So, I mean, you could hold it because we do have an optimistic view on energy, at least. It's not our preferred pick, but we can understand that it might do well over time. Okay. Happy to go with a hold. Okay. All right. Um, our next stock has had a real thumping over the last couple of weeks. Andrew wants your view, Michael, on Collins Foods. The uh, basically owns KFC here in Australia, Taco Bell, and a few others. Yeah, it's got over 240 KFC stores in Australia. It's got a smattering in places like Germany as well. 
Um, they are looking to get this Taco Bell operation going. Um, a few years back, they used to have Sizzler, then yep. they wound that down. Yep. Um, Taco Bell's had, I think, at least one you know, attempt into the Australian market going back 10 or 20 years even. It wasn't a success mm. then. So I am a little bit skeptical as to whether they can pull it off this time around. Um, the early indications are that it's probably underachieving. Um, the problem that they're facing as well with the KFC business, and, and many people would be aware of this, things like the price of lettuce was going through the roof. So they, so they basically changed that over to cabbage. So they're fighting all these cost pressures yeah, so the inflation an pressures. Yeah. and all these inflationary pressures. Um, and it's, you know, they've got a decision to make. Do they increase the prices to sort of capture that increase of the input costs or, or do they just wear it themselves? And it's probably a bit of a balance at the moment because the best thing about fast food other than tasting good is that it's cheap. Yeah. And if it starts to go up in price, then people will look for other alternatives. So they're caught in between a rock and a hard place at the moment. So I'm going to give it a sell. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's a very similar to sort of Elders Update, Domino's yeah. Update, wasn't it? There's a group of them that have been sort of fallen out of favour. Yeah. All tagged. Car, what do you think? All tagged by the same um, yes. issue. Yeah, issue, isn't it? Rising, rising costs. And as Michael says... Yeah, look, I mean, these are the cheaper end of the, the, the fast food spectrum, aren't they? And they're more value conscious. So they're probably going to suffer. Um, for me, again, the chart is dominant here. If we look at the valuation uh, and just broker consensus numbers to here, it looks, it looks crazy cheap. But then I look at the numbers and I go, hmm, well, brokers are saying, so we know they've come down. That big drop is there, is there yep. because we've got about 10% yep, down earnings. So we've gone from uh, earning, oh, I've lost, lost the damn thing there, sorry. Gosh, I've got a sec. So we've gone from earning 50, uh, 51 cents in FY22. Uh, we're going to earn 43. So about a 10% drop in earnings. And then the brokers are saying, well, it'll pick up in FY24 back to sort of uh, 47, then 56 and 69. So back to 70 cents. So if you can look past this valley, right. there's spectacular growth there. But for me, after that big drop, I'm worried about the valley because how many times have you seen these... Um, temporary short-term issues turn out to be, you know, tend to drag out yep. uh, and those big expectations of recovery then get kicked further and further down the road. So uh, for me, the, the chart is everything. Um, I'm going to be sceptical on the valuation. I'm going to trust the chart. And I think the market is telling you that we're a bit sceptical about the valuation as well, because if it was cheap at these levels, the demand would come in and it would push the price back up. Right. Typically, there's no bounce. There's no bounce. So the whole idea of, of price going down, Economics 101, is that people should buy more of that asset. Mm. Um, they haven't. Yeah. Prices come down and they haven't bought more of it. Why? Because they think it's still expensive. Yeah. Uh, and if it breaks through this level on a technical basis, there's dollars to go to the next support point. So I'm, I'm a seller on this one. You're a seller as well. Uh, that is the issue with the bounce. And even though um, the December Investment Committee uh, increase the weighting in elders. The issue there was elders hasn't bounced either, okay, has yeah. it? With, with that demand, even though the food agriculture thematic is is still really strong. Um, our next stock, uh, Lee wants a view on. Now uh, we're going to the boring uh, <laughs> end of the scale now, Michael. Aren't we on Chorus? Basically, they own New Zealand's power poles and and wires, don't yeah. they? Uh, uh, demerged out of the equivalent of Telstra over there, and so, um, it's an infrastructure. So believe it or not, we actually hold this. Today's a record. We've got four stocks um, right. in today's list that we hold. Yep. 
Um, we've held this for a while as well, probably four or five years. It's a bit more of a conservative type stock, yep. but we do like the characteristics that were at play. Basically, they own the old copper network in New Zealand. Then they were sort of winding up that copper network and the new broadband network was sort of rolled out. Um, they own 80% of that. So they have a pretty strong monopoly position. Yep. And effectively, they were just rotating clients off the old network onto the new network. And with the increased demand for bandwidth through things like Netflix and you know pay yep. TV and gaming, it's a pretty decent it's place well, to be. It? But the whole thing was, could they pull off the transition by rolling out the new network, spending all this money on CapEx right. and then get get the buy-in from customers and so far they've delivered that and what's happening now is a lot of the capex spend is starting to decline most of it's been rolled yeah. out and built they're generating very good free cash flow numbers and their dividends have increased each of the last seven years but have jumped up a lot recently right so as long as they look the one risk that this company does have is that they do require new zealand government approval on pricing so it can in a sense cap their revenue growth and right. what they can make but it's a it's a very strong dominant position. There's increasing demand for that product. Um, and we just feel as though it's a, you know, a low malt. It's not, it's actually quite expensive multiple. That's because earnings have been depressed because of the CapEx, but it's a pretty conservative type of company, which in this environment tends okay. to do quite well. And we quite like the attractiveness of the growing dividend stream as well. Um, so for us, we're happy to give it a hold. I wouldn't give it a buy at the moment um, because I have to get a bit more clarity on the prospect for price increases and what that amount yep. would be before we get too overly excited. So the New Zealand government, obviously, it's a big strategic yeah. asset because you see infrastructure companies being bought up by super yeah. funds. And so no one could buy this. There's no M&A premium so. in this uh, I don't, to yeah, the future. I don't know if you can. If, yeah, yeah. The, the NZ government owns all the debt. Right. So the so oh, well, that's, okay. yeah. So um, and there's, they've got a maximum allowable revenue. That's, right. So it's capped every year oh, on okay. they earn. And then how much their, their price increases are, are designated by CPI. Right. Um, which is good for them now yeah. because CPI yep. they're going to get yeah. a big bump. So look, I like. I don't. <coughs> I'll do long story short on this one. Uh, I wrote. I don't know if you can see down here, Bakashi. Boring buy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Based upon the chart. It is definitely a boring stock. It's not yeah. for everyone. But, but they've deleveraged a lot as well. You need a couple of you those. Do need a, you need a boring yeah. stock. You know, a core foundation of portfolio yeah. that you don't need to worry about, just keeps delivering. Yeah. And I will say the four stocks that we do hold are in today's list. They've done pretty well. There are some duds in there too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, their chorus has been particularly good in recent yeah, times. This is a steady, stable sort of Chart right. player. I'm happy with it. All right. Uh, and next stock, uh, Carl, um, uh, Michael wants to view saying love a uh, analysis of Damstra holding. This is sort of a, um, uh, again, a, a software company um, for tracking contractors and employees and managing risk associated people. Um, if you like, uh, more an HR platform as well. Yeah, it is, but they do um, like access management as well. So your, your tags, uh, you know, oh, right. you're, yeah, you're yeah. getting in and out of places. I mean, anything, Really, you can imagine, you say, a lot of mining companies, construction companies use them. Yep. Um, so it is kind of a one-stop shop for, for managing all of their um, their employee uh, needs, right? Uh, so yeah, look, I, I looked at it. Uh, it looks like a really interesting business. It does look like there's some uh, earnings momentum in there. I mean, right place at the right time uh, in terms of those uh, industries. Uh, but yeah, I, I, 
I'm, I'm pretty happy on the business and the valuation side of things. I said I get to the chart, and that's unfortunately where it kind of ends for me. Right. Uh, so let me give you some some levels where I might be interested. You see, look, it looks a bit illiquid as well. It, yeah, it is. It's not a it's not a it's not a large cap cap stock. So I'll give you the yeah. uh, the market cap on it. So we're looking at. Uh, I should have brought my mouse. Yeah. Uh, market cap here of. Uh, Thirty-seven million. Right, there you okay. go. It's, it is a, it is a minnow, isn't it? And there's a long-term chart. That's the one I was yep. waiting for. So, uh, viewers who know me know I'm never going to call that a buy. No. Um, but hey, look, if it if it was to pick up and get maybe above sixteen, seventeen cents uh, with a bit of volume, I might start to look at it again. But until then, hold it if you've got it. But it's not right. a buy. Okay, Michael. Yeah. Look, when I was looking at it, it seemed quite quite interesting and quite yeah. decent looking at the, the numbers themselves. Um, EBITDA has turned positive. EBITDA margins has been growing. Revenue's been growing quite nicely. They've had a cost optimization strategy in place, which has helped get costs down. Yet, for whatever reason, the chart is, is doing terribly. And it might say something about the company's past performance. Maybe they've kept pushing back earnings break even or cash flow break even, these sorts of things. And often that just sets sentiment off. So you've yeah. got to do a lot more work to fully understand the company. but. They basically do things like, I was doing a bit of research on their site. So during COVID, they would set up within certain schools and give them a, a risk management framework and how to tell if students uh, have high temperatures. So they'd have the, the, oh, the, the thermometers yeah. and, and some facial recognition and that sort of thing. But they also deal with large construction sites and coming up with a, an optimization strategy to safely deal with the number of trucks that are coming in and out and different processes around that. So. It's quite an interesting business um, it, from that sense. They seem to be doing quite a, a broad number of things across a broad number of industries. That can be a good thing, can be a bad thing mm. as well. Um, but I don't know enough about it, although to say that the balance sheet doesn't look that bad. So you have to do a lot more research to try and get to the nitty gritty right. as to why the market is, is reluctant to get yeah. on board the, this one. I just think yeah. very, it's very small. Yeah. And like you say, it's sort of hovering around that cash flow break even. Yeah. And often until companies can get that, and put in two, three quarters where they are cash flow positive, that the small small cap funds aren't looking at them yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think, look, keep an eye on it. And if it starts to push back up and the volume comes in, it's telling you those funds are looking at it now. Yeah. Until then, you don't need to worry. Don't and need, don't micro stocks, though, really do get beaten in a high, infla they can, high yeah. inflation, high interest rate environment. Yeah. Don't they? People just want to go for safety. Yeah. All right, our final stock, uh, Yaz wants a view, Michael, on, on another technology services business, Atura. Yeah, I'd never heard of this one at all. And when I was going through their website, it's one of these businesses that it's very hard to get a grasp of exactly what it is they do. Um, but it's everything from, you know, data management, cloud services, all these kind of buzzwords, like just basically consulting with businesses as to how to best run their servers and Right. store their data and get the most out of it. So again, I don't really understand the company and it's going to take a lot of in-depth research to try and understand what it is they actually do. But they do have large customers, you know, they're through in the government, for instance, right. and a number of other um, large scale sort of miners and whatnot. But again, it's one of those ones I have to at least spend a good half a day on before I fully yeah. understand it. Yeah. So I'm not willing to give anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I think it's better than the last one. I mean, it's, it's, we're talking about a $180 odd million company, cash flow positive, no doubt about that, uh, making, making money. So that's all good. Uh, management's very bullish and you know, upgrading their uh, guidance range, uh, margins um, growing quite well, sort of uh, 18, 19% 
uh, per annum growth. You know, on average, your average stock on the ASX is growing about five or six percent, right? So yep. these are the stocks we, we like, you know, mm. ones that are, that are growing rapidly, and then it's all just about getting it at the right right price. And um, these guys don't look crazy expensive either. They've got some really boring customers like governments, uh, educations, defence, you know, uh, and, and there's lots of barriers to entry on, on these mm. um, types of uh, contracts because you have to jump through so many hoops to get, to there, get there in the first place, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, tick, 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 tick. Uh, and the chart's not not terrible, um, mm. not not terrible, not fantastic. So that's that's where I'm at. Look, I'm happy to um, to hold it, no doubt about that uh, aspect of it. Um, it's it's a it's very illiquid on the chart. So whilst right. it is a high market cap, it doesn't trade a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go hold. It's 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 pretty much bottom left. I'm not sure if we flashed it yet, but yeah. it's pretty much bottom left, top right. So right. yeah, 100% hold. No, I'm just going to stick with a hold. Yeah, look, if it if it pushes back up towards <laughs> if it pushes back up towards, say, if it can close back above 95 cents, uh, that's just showing me this little pullback has ended, okay. and, it, and it's going back in that bottom left top top right. So uh, hold for now and buy, buy if it closes above 95. All right, uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Beach a hold from uh, from Michael. Uh, Carl reckons start uh, nibbling away at it and and building a position to see how it goes. Uh, Collins Foods a sell from both. Uh, Chorus a buy from Carl a hold from Michael. Uh, Michael uh, Damstra a hold from both, and um, Atura a hold from Carl. And uh, Michael needs to do a lot more work on it. It's quite quite a small company, uh, a small tech stock. Uh, Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Good to have you on board it's in the flesh to today. Safe travels. Really enjoyed it. Uh, behave yourself at Think Markets Christmas party on Friday night. <laughs> I, I will not. Uh, <laughs> where where uh, are they having it? Well, anywhere, I can't remember what it's flesh. called, but yeah, if you're if you're banging around Melbourne in the wee hours of the morning in the yeah, city, yeah, probably, watch probably, out for him. Probably see me there. Keep him yeah, on the straight and narrow, Michael <laughs> Wade. From Medallion, good to see you, mate. Thanks for having uh, me. When's your Christmas party? Well, we're probably going to keep it low key this year. It's right. a bit tougher on the markets. So oh, a yeah. Korean barbecue <laughs> or something like that. A Korean barbecue, <laughs> I love it. All right, if you'd like us to, uh, like me, to uh, put any of your stocks to our expert panel, email them the call at osbiz.com today or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, small Caps is coming up next. And don't forget the uh, latest uh, December Investment Committee for our uh, fantasy portfolio is on the platform right now. So go and have a look at that. It's fascinating. See you tomorrow at the same time.